All right, there we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to, pardon me, Alex, your only Lumberjack Basketball Podcast, but today we're switching gears just a little bit. Just a tad. Just a smidgen. Um, and we're actually going to be talking about some of America's favorite pastime, one of America's favorite pastime, baseball. And we are talking about baseball with the king of SFA baseball, Johnny Cardenas. So we're going to bring him on in a second. We are so excited to talk to him and chat with him about the baseball season, just about all things baseball. We've been trying to get him on and trying to sync it up and have him come on for a while now. So it just finally worked out. Uh, you know, we were going to do a live live game during right before COVID hit, and then boom, COVID hit in 2020, and it just kind of blew that out of the water. So we're still hoping to get out there and do that again soon or do it soon. So ready, ready, ready. We love baseball. So let's let's get it started. Let's go. Do it. <laughs> All right, welcome on Coach C. As he hey guys, so how are y'all? How are y'all? Oh, we are doing so good. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think okay. we need to hear about that first. Uh, for people who are only listening, we yes. have AKA Big Queso. So yes. what, what's, what's this nickname? Well, we had a, uh, a player who played for us who was a great player for us by the name of Nick Ramos. He was a second baseman. Mm-hmm. He was a great player for us, uh, did a great job. And he's a Hispanic kid, of course, with last name uh, Ramos, Ramos. And he, you know, you, you get to call a guy, you know, he, you're the big cheese, that kind of stuff, you know. And so just one day he decided to call me Big Queso. And that's just kind of the nickname that has stuck for – uh, man, a number of years. And, and so anybody that's within the program, uh, there's a lot of guys call me Big Queso. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this was the best part during the radio show. I guess mom heard that you were yes. talking about that during the radio show. And yes. so she came home and she was like, you'll never guess what coach, what coach's nickname is. And I'm like, God, I can, it's baseball. So I, Yes. Who knows what it could be? Yes. And then she said, "Big Gazo." Like she was just, she thought it was the funniest thing in the world. And so I was like, "Well, I just have to add that to the notes now and ask him there where that." Go. There you go. Um, I, I so like a player it. gave you that. Good touch. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I like it. I love it. Oh my god! I think love uh, I think Corey, the guy who does our concession stand stuff, they're going yeah. to have at the baseball games. They're going to have a quesadilla that they're going to be selling at the concession stand, and it's called the Big Queso. So, there you go. That. so That's I even better. I think they're using that kind of as an homage to me, and I guess I should be flattered. You oh. should be. <laughs> 100%. That's fantastic. Yes. I love that. And we, yeah, and, and we love Corey, and I think he, he's been coming up with a lot of fun new things to have yes, at the concession. Yeah. So, and yeah, so he's been, he's been doing a good job there. Sure. Absolutely. Love it. Um, so coach, man, we've been trying to get you on for a while. And again, it's just the, the schedules and everything. Yeah. It's been kind of wonky. And of course, COVID hit and then everybody was knocked down. Um, 
So I guess that just leads into next little question is, you know, what's been the biggest change or, you know, the biggest impact that COVID has had on college baseball specifically? Well, I think for, first and foremost, roster management. Roster management has been absolutely out of hand. Mm. Um, you know, um, I, I think the NCAA in wanting to do what's be, what was best for the seniors at the time and giving them their their season back and then giving everyone else their season back um, and counting is basically a no season, it kind of created a bottleneck. You know, mm. and, and, and usually the way you look at it is you have as many going out as you have coming in. So as your seniors depart, you may have five seniors that depart. You're bringing in five freshmen or five junior college guys to kind of take those guys' place. And so what happened was, was there was those guys not, did not depart, you know. And so when those guys didn't depart, you're adding more to your roster. And very quickly, our roster went from 35 to, you know, 52. And, and that's what was very, very tough is, is, is the roster management because within that, you got to find guys playing time. You got to get keep guys happy as far as their ability to get out and compete. And and we just couldn't do that. We just couldn't do that because, of course, you're going to play those seniors because of they're at that point six year seniors. And so, um, you know, those guys played all the time. And so your freshmen who you had promised in the recruiting process, hey man, there is going to be a place for you to play. Or those junior college transfers, there is going to be playing time for you. Now all of a sudden they're here. And you, it, it, it's not really what you sold them. It, it's it's a situation where those guys who did not depart are playing, and so they're they're kind of in in, in limbo. And so for for me, that was the hardest thing to do was roster management. It was very difficult to get those guys to understand that they were here for you know a specific purpose, and, and, and they were going to get their playing time. It just there was just a whole wrench in the system. Um, past that, the recruiting process. The recruiting process was way, way backed up. Um, it was very difficult mm. to get uh, people to come in uh, on recruiting visits and, and because they couldn't come on campus. Um, and so that, that was really hard. Um, I think you'll, what you're going to see from the pandemic is you're going to see really a four or five-year cycle of it mm. affecting recruiting, roster management, and, and all that moving forward. And you know what? That's such a good point because I feel like with basketball, obviously that's an issue as well, but not nearly the impact that you felt it. Cause you know, basketball, you have 12 to 15 players on your roster. So it's not, it's not yeah. as many, but the sports like baseball and football where you have so many more players. Yeah. I mean, that is tough with that, that incoming year of freshmen after COVID. Sure. And it's like, they, they still want to go somewhere, but you only have so much room on your yes, roster. Ma'am. Yes. That, that, that was it. That was, that was the big, the biggest challenge in it. It, yeah. it really, it, it put a, it, you know, put, put a big obstacle as far as recruiting, as far as, like I said, guys getting playing time, all yeah. those things that you kind of take for granted, you know, and it, it's just, it's a natural, you know, the natural occurrence of things is as some come, go out, some come in and that was all disrupted by the pandemic. Oof. Yeah. I could see how that would be. I mean, that's just, that's hard for you on your end too. It's just trying to find a good balance and, Man, it's just rough. So, do you think that, that? I mean, obviously, you guys are still working through that, right? Yes, I mean, yes, still, yes. how long yes. do you think that's going to linger for? Do you think, you know, I think, you know, a little window that we're going to have to maneuver through all that. Um, I will tell you that the NCA did give us unlimited roster number last year. So, we had 52 on our roster last year. This year, they've moved it back down to 40. Originally, the original roster was 35. That's what it used to be. Right. Well, then, then it went all the way up to 52, 
And now you got to start scaling back and try and get back to the original 35. So this year we're 40. Um, the word is that next year we'll probably be at 40 again with an mm -hmm. idea that maybe the following year we could kind of start moving closer back down to 35. Yeah, I would, I would think it would take the four to five years for that to kind of cycle out because you had four years worth of got an additional year. So well, that, every, yes, everyone, everyone got an additional year. So that, that makes it, that makes it more difficult. And, and, and as far as, you know, looking like when you recruit, you, you, you look at kind of a two year window of, okay, in two years, kind of what are we going to need? Well, when that all got disrupted, now you're in a situation where we have way too many middle infielders, way too yeah. many outfielders. And so now you're going, well, wait, wait a minute. Now for the recruiting process moving forward, I can't really go out and recruit a bunch of guys because what's going to happen is I'm going to have to start scaling back on my roster. So mm -hmm. instead of going out and getting more, you're actually kind of cutting back down. There's going to be a lot of players that are going to be in the portal that are going to have nowhere to go. And that's a whole nother monster too that, man, it's, that's, that would be a whole nother conversation is that transfer portal. I mean, not just for baseball and for all sports, it's just been an absolute just cluster Yes. You know, yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. Just football, baseball, basketball, all the sports that transfer portal has just changed within 100%. Just 100%. Last year. I think, yeah. And I think, I think it was, the big issue was, I think the NCA, I, I think their ideas, you know, uh, are, are, are sound and what they're trying to do, but the execution of those ideas were not very good. Yeah. Um, I, you know, not listening to coaches and saying, and you know, and, you know, even with the whole pandemic thing, us as coaches were like, it, it, it's, it's, it sucks for those seniors. Mm. But if you let everybody come back, it's going to create this log jam. And now here we're going to be in the situation that we are now. And all the coaches said that, well, mm -hmm. the NCA like trying to do what's best for the athlete because that's who they look out for. And rightfully so, mm -hmm. um, you know, they, they, they made that decision. Same thing with the transfer portal. I think they thought, you know, there's a lot of people who are unhappy with where they're at. And we want those kids to be happy. Well, the problem with that is, is you kind of lose two thirds of your roster every year. You're going to lose guys who don't play. That, that's just part of it. They don't get playing time. Um, they're not happy because they're not getting to able, you know, to go out and compete on, on a nightly basis. And so they look for a better fit for them. That's going to happen everywhere. Right. But the other part of it is, is you lose your top third because your top third starts to go. You know what? I think I'm good enough to go to a power five school. And so you lose those guys as well. And so what you're left with is that middle part of your roster, which is a good part of your roster, but you're always trying to build off of that top part of your roster. And when those guys are in, in that's in, in constant uh, influx, then you get into a situation where it's hard to recruit to that. Yeah. And we, we have talked some about the transfer portal thing. And I, I think after a certain number of years that will kind of cycle itself out to where, not as many people will jump to that as quickly because they'll see how difficult it might be to find somewhere else to play and that they may still have some of those same issues elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in the interim time period of the whole COVID extra year thing, there's going to be a lot of kids who end up not having anywhere to go. 100%. Only yeah. enough spots. And that sucks too, because a lot of kids who were good enough to play collegiately just simply aren't going to have, anywhere to go exactly exactly yeah. I, think that, I think at last count they said there was over a thousand baseball players in the transfer portal there's not that many teams i mean there's just not that many spots no you know i mean they're just not yeah i mean and and i feel like sometimes too a lot of players also kind of overlook not all the time but i feel like sometimes they overlook 
um, you know, like Juco and stuff like that, because they feel like they're good enough. And they probably are really good enough to play at this level. There's just not enough spots. So, yeah, I mean, and sometimes it's the grass is not always greener at the other side. So if you have a spot, keep it. You never know what's going to change next season, who's leaving, who's staying, you know. So, yeah, so kind of switching gears, Jacqueline, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about your little event that you helped start. Yeah. So yeah. Tell us some about the, because I know you remember the very first uh, Interact with the Jacks event we yes. did. Yes. So I, I helped the, with the bank set that up, but that yes. was right before I left. So I haven't gotten to attend any of them. So you've now had four, right? Yes. Yes, we've had four. We, yeah. The only so, time we didn't have it was the the COVID year. We didn't have it for the COVID year just because, okay. and, and actually last year, I guess, was we didn't have it last year either. Um, just because it was still in a situation where people weren't able to gather and those kinds of things. And they wanted us to really look out for our athletes and, and kind of, you know, mitigate a lot of that contact. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this was the first year after two years that we've had it. And uh, it was, it was, it was fun. We had a good one, but yeah, you were, you were part of that very first, uh, yeah. very first one. And that I was, was that was the one that was kind of the springboard. Yeah. I always remember the videos of people dancing. Oh, where yeah. where did y'all have it this year? This year, we actually had it inside the uh, basketball uh, practice facility. Okay. Um, just because, um, you know, and, and it's a great idea, is to get people on campus, first and foremost. I mean, you always right. want people on campus. I mean, uh, CBTX does a great job, and, and, and we could have done it in their lobby had we wanted to. Um, they have, were having some remodeling done. Yeah, um, major. So as a result, <laughs> they were kind of looking for another, another venue. And Ryan and Brandy both stepped up and said, you know what, we got an idea of how we can make this a little bit better and maybe turn it into a little bit of a fundraiser for the baseball and softball programs. So what they did was we went over to the practice facility, had it in there, they sold tickets to it, sold raffle tickets. And so there was a little bit more of a revenue generating stream there um, as opposed to other years, but it was still the kind of the same event and the same kind of uh, spirit to the event. Well, that's awesome. I mean, we have that facility to use for events like that. So yes, yes. might as well start using it. And- 100%. 100%. And I think it worked really well because they had a basketball, uh, a women's basketball game there. And so a lot of our parents who were in town just slid right over and watched a little bit of the, the women's basketball. And, and why nobody goes out and watches the women play basketball here, I, I, I have no idea. I just, it's frustrating to see the apathy that, that sometimes people have for our athletic programs um, when our athletic programs do do such a wonderful job of competing. Yeah, no, completely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we agree with that for sure. Um, so we were checking out your schedule and uh, we noticed that you were playing, you know, some big teams, some big power five yes. teams like Texas, Baylor, Rice. Uh, who are you most excited to play on between those three specifically? You know, if, if you're from the state of Texas, going to Austin is always yeah. something special. Um, yeah yeah it just i mean it is it is i mean and and if you're an athlete um i don't think there's and you could pull every athlete in in our on our campuses from the state of texas and say would you would you have gone to ut if you would have given the chance and i guarantee you 100 percent of them say yes i mean it it, it is the university of texas and so when you grow up in texas that's kind Mm -hmm. of the the benchmark you know and so when we go there our kids get really really excited just because and that's what you dream about. You dream about being on that field, competing on that field, you know, and, and not necessarily in a different uniform, but still at the same time, just being in that venue, being in that city, being in that university. I, I think that's the one that our kids look the most forward to. That's cool. 
Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, definitely overall, they're they're the bigger school, but yeah, Rice, they're the big man on the block. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Rice, for sure. Rice yeah. has always been so strong at baseball. Yes, they're really good. They're really good. I mean, our our schedule is really tough. I mean, all I mean, you know, TCU. Mm -hmm. We played TCU early in the year. That's always a big game for me because, of course, that's where I went to school, and so that's always right. a big. You know, I, I love going back home and and seeing all the people and all the people tell you hello and and that's nice and everything and. Uh, that's always a fun game for me, but our schedule is is really, really, really difficult with our midweeks that we have this year. And I, I think it's by design because, you know, I, I, when you recruit guys, I think that's kind of what, how we try to sell it to them is, hey, you're going to get a chance to compete against some of the best teams in the nation. You can mm -hmm. go to another school and, and play, you know, sister school, you know, uh, Sister Mary of the Blind and, and play them four times. And you're probably going to beat those guys four times. But, you know, you, if you want to measure yourself up against the best competition in the nation, this is this is the place. Absolutely. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. So. So, yeah. So speaking of the guys, um, but also looking at the roster, notice, you. I mean, you have 11 seniors, eight juniors, 14 sophomores, which is a ton. Mm -hmm. uh, and five freshmen. Um, and there was a couple names on there I recognized, one of them being uh, Colton Castle. Yeah. I actually taught him in Angelina. Did you really? I did. He was in my speech class. Love that kid. Super outstanding sweet. Outstanding young man. Uh, yes. Outstanding young man. Yes. He was yes. outstanding. He's from right down the road. He's from Hudson. Mm -hmm. He's yeah. from Hudson. So he, he was in my class for a dual credit class when he was in high school is still. So it's been a few years, obviously. Um, but yeah, when I saw his name on the roster, I was like, I'll be damned. That's awesome. That's I was awesome. so proud of him when I saw that. I was like, That's good great. for That's him. Good. He's done, he's done a great job uh, putting himself in a position to where he can really help us this year. And, and uh, we're really excited to have him. And, you know, anytime you get any kind of local kids, that's always good, you know, because sometimes local kids don't want to stay close to home. Sometimes they want to go right. off and do their own thing. That's understandable. But uh, anytime that we feel that we can get a local kid, we're, we're pretty proud of that. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. I agree. Yeah. So, again, speaking of the rest of the rest of the kids, anyone to watch for? I mean, you got a bunch of seniors on the on the roster. Anyone to watch for their final season? You know, who who's really who are you looking at to, like, really bring a lot to the team and a lot to the roster? Well, I think, um, you know, the guy who was our best pitcher last year was Joe Todd. Um, mm -hmm. He's a right hand pitcher from Kansas. And we expect him to be one of our top pitchers this year. And I think if he has a really good year, he has the potential to maybe, you know, garner a little bit of uh, uh, attention from some major league organizations and maybe have a chance to play at the next level. Um, we have a catcher named Jake Zarillo. Who's mm -hmm. been, uh, you know one of our best catchers uh, here since since I've been here. Um, I think if he if he continues to play the way he 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 can and can hit, I think that's a guy that to definitely watch. And and I will tell you, I I don't think he's going to get a whole lot of attention from uh, major league scouts. Um, but our center fielder Kyle Cullen is probably one of the best center fielders um, in the nation. Um, he led the, the nation in sacrifice bunts last year, which tells you the kind of guy he is. And he's mm. he's going to do what's selfless. best for the team. He's selfless, mm -hmm. selfless player, mm -hmm. um, a phenomenal defensive player. I told somebody earlier in the year that I put him in the top three here, and they were like, "Really?" And as the season went on, and as we went on, I I turned to that same person about three days ago, and I said, "Well, I think he might be the best that we've ever had here." So, he's he's a really good player. So I I, I think those are the three guys for me that I think uh, people would come to the field and, and know that those guys are going to be pretty special when they watch them. Yeah. I mean, just from the one game that I was watching on, on Sunday, I can, cause I remember the name, you know, Kyle, you said was, was familiar. So uh, yeah, he, 
he was he was out there hustling. So yeah, just let out and go get it. Yeah. What line? Uh, what uh, position is he in the lineup? Is he? You said top three. Yeah, yeah. Um, he normally he's going to hit uh, lead off for us. Okay. Because he's you know he's he's fast. He's quick. He's really mm-hmm. good. He, you know he's again he can he can he can lay down a bunt when you need him to. He can hit and run. He can handle the bat. So a lot of a lot of the season he's going to hit at the top of the order. Mm-hmm. Uh, just mm-hmm. really depending on pitching matchups, but more right. times than not, he's probably going to be our leadoff hitter. Yeah, that's fantastic. I could tell he was he's he's seasoned. He knows what he's doing. You know, total yeah. professional, and he's absolutely selfless because he did that a couple times. He definitely sacrificed, I think, at least once or twice yes. uh, during that game too. So, yes. yeah, love to see it. Love to see it. Hopefully, he does get some attention from. Yeah, some, let's hope. Let's hope so. That'd be fingers nice. crossed. I'll do what I need to do. I'll tweet whoever I need to tweet. <laughs> I know your Twitter game's strong. I know. I know. We will. We will tweet who we need to tweet to get some get some MLB eyeballs on that kid. Um, so yeah, uh, I know we were talking about MLB. So speaking of MLB, oh wow, what a I mean, I don't even want to talk about that part. Show, huh? It's an absolute dumpster fire, Johnny. And I don't even yeah. want to get into it because that's a whole nother podcast. Because it's just an absolute crap show. But we do have we do have one guy. At least one guy who we could talk about. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who's that guy, Jacqueline? Hunter Dozier. Let's talk about Hunter. <laughs> I mean, did you did you expect this? Did you see this in him when he was at SFA? You know, um, I will tell you what I did see in him. Mm-hmm. That's the hardest working kid I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not been a, a harder worker a more intense, uh, f- intensely focused uh, athlete that I've ever coached here at SFA. I mean, he's top notch. Um, just to see the way he handled his business on a day to day basis, just to see that his ultimate goal, what his ultimate goal was, and what he did to uh, reach that goal, like uh, totally eliminating everything that possibly could get in his way as far as the way he lives his life. Um, the way he eats and the way he, he performs, the way he prepares, all the things that he did. Um, you know, he, he's just he's a very, very special individual. But to say that I thought he was going to get drafted in the first round, that's not anywhere close to where we thought he was going to go. I'm telling you, when I saw the first round, I I mean, jaw floor yeah. immediately oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. was not expecting that. Yeah, because everything we had heard prior to the draft, was that he was going to go somewhere in between five and six, mm-hmm. you know, which was still would have been something monumental yeah. in its in and of itself. Hundred percent. I can remember I was going on vacation and I was going down to uh, to Galveston, and I called him and I said the night before the draft and I said, "Hey man, what are they telling you?" And he said, "Yeah, coach, it's the same thing, anywhere from five to seven, you know, maybe even into ten. He said, "But I, I think it's going to happen." I said, "All right, great." I said, what, "What's the plan?" She's like, well, we're going to have a little small watch party. It's nothing serious. You know, we're here with my family. I said, okay, that's good. And I said, I'll tell you what, I'll call you. Um, you know, I'm not going to bother you. I know you're going to be busy, whatever. I won't call you until probably Monday after the draft. He said, okay, coach, that sounds great. I'll talk to you then. Boom, hung up. So that night, just out of just sheer luck, we're at a condo, and I'm watching the MLB network and just – we're watching the draft and it goes through and we get to the sixth pick, which is the Kansas city Royals. And I looked down and I said, Oh, expletive. That's Hunter Dozier. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait. And I just totally freaked out. 
like I like I'm running around the room like going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my, you know, I, and, and so I immediately pick up my phone. And the first thing he says to me is he goes, Coach, I thought you said you weren't gonna call. And I said, <laughs> I wasn't gonna call. I wasn't gonna call because I didn't have any idea when you were gonna go in the first round. He said, Me neither, coach. And it just it, it was it was awesome. Like the the, the joy in his voice and yeah. From that point on, he's just been nothing but a great steward of, of, of SFA baseball. Completely. I mean, to go first round is one thing, but I mean, he's eighth pick. Yes. Yes. Overall. Yes. yes, yes. I mean, that's just he was the highest. He ha- he is the highest uh, lumberjack and or player in the Southland Conference to ever yes. be selected right. that high. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is yeah. just phenomenal. Just phenomenal. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So now that we're out of the Southland, we'll keep that record. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> now we which, gotta find somebody to take that spot in the whack, right? That's a hundred percent. Yeah, which actually is a pretty good segue to the next little comment. Oh, Dustin drafted ahead of Aaron Judge. Well, of course. He's way better header than Aaron Judge. Oh, hundred percent. Hundred percent. That's how that I'll take him every day. Oh, I'm biased too, but I will take Hunter Dozier over Aaron Judge any day of the week. Any day. He's not going to strike out as much. Bingo. Bingo. Put his stats next to anybody. I'll tell you what. Um, So, yeah, you mentioned the WAC. So, first season in the WAC. What are we looking at? What are are some of the differences, similarities? Sure. Well, I mean, it's going to be pretty similar to what we've done in the past, just because um, unlike basketball, we are not going to play anyone on the west side. So they divided it into two divisions and went western division and eastern division. And so in our divisions, all the Texas schools, Sam, Lamar, Abilene Christian, Tarleton State, UTRGV, and us. So that being said, those are all teams that we're familiar with that we've played, mm-hmm. um, whether in the midweek or whether in conference series. Um, so we're going to be we're, – we're pretty familiar with them. Where it's going to get tough is – not only are we going to have to play those people once, but we're going to have to play them a double weekend. So one weekend at their place, one weekend at our place, at home and home. And so that makes it, that's going to be a little more difficult. So you're going to end up playing six games against like Sam, who is our big time rival. And those games get really chippy and they're really, really emotional. And now there's six of them. And so that's going to be something that's going to kind of, we're going to have to navigate and it's going to be a little more difficult. But, but as far as uh, the reach of the WAC, uh, the influence of the WAC, I think uh, making that move was probably one of the smartest things we've done as far as an athletic program in a long time. I think the Southland, as you've seen, as other people have seen, uh, nothing against them. We had a good run. We loved the conference when we were there. But as we left, it kind of seemed like maybe they were trending in a, in, in a negative direction. And some of the schools that they're bringing in are schools that are good programs. However, it's going to take them a, a while before they get to that Division One status, um, their full participation Division One status. Mm-hmm. And so, I think for us, as as one of the members of the South, and making that move before the conference imploded or before there was any kind of slide back, I think that was a really, really smart move, and, and really, to be honest with you, a, a pretty, you know, forward-thinking move as far as our administration is concerned. Absolutely agree. I mean, and I know you guys know about basketball. And mm-hmm. listen, Southland basketball is trash. I'm sorry. I mean, y'all, y'all, y'all seen we way agree. more games than me, but I can tell you the games that I saw, I never thought, oh my gosh, these guys are really good. And I have seen some whack games, and I'm going to tell you the brand of basketball 
is a little bit different. And I think baseball is going to be a lot of the same. It's going to be a lot of up-tempo, different mm-hmm. type, better athletes, just because it's a bigger conference. It has more influence, carries more weight, and therefore you can recruit a different type of athlete to the WAC. Yeah, I think that's also the the big one there is the recruitment factor. You know, um, recruiting the Southland, I'm sure, had its, again, positives yes. maybe. Um, yeah. but I feel like it's just the whack. Like just the name itself just brings a little bit more strength, a little bit more weight. Um, and so, and then of course, you know, we, you just got done playing UT Arlington, right? Yes. And so they're joining the WAC or were they already part of the WAC in baseball? No, not yet. They will, they will start next year. Okay. That's what I thought. I didn't know if they were already in the WAC with baseball or not. Cause you know, some teams are in different yes, conferences. Yes, with, yes. You know, it's all wild. Yeah. So, okay, so they're coming to the WAC. Yeah, next well. next year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I felt like that game was chippy, too. Yeah. It what game is. isn't I, chippy? I, and, you, and you know what's crazy is, is on the other side, uh, two of the coaches, one coach went to the same junior college as I did. Mm-hmm. Um, we have been friends for over 20 years. I mean, good, close, personal friends over 20 years. And so we're, we're fine. And his assistant coach was the junior college coach that I played for in 1988 so like we go way back and so like i have no problem with the coaches and we get along fine matter of fact we go to breakfast dinner all the time when we're do together. you that's all great i love and that the fact that both of our teams get so chippy with one another i'm like like you know almost like you know what if we if we didn't like each other as head coaches maybe the kids would be okay you know but it's like maybe because we are so close they mm-hmm. feel comfortable with kind of, you know, John at one another. And, you know, I'll tell you what, the, the two series that we've played them over the last two years, man, they've gotten really, really chippy. So, I mean, it's just, you know, it, it's part of the game. Uh, but I definitely think totally. that the relationship that, that we have with the coaching staff over there maybe kind of adds to it a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I Yeah, completely. Because it's funny, too, because um, one, of our, one of our followers actually on Twitter is Sid Irwin. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I I met him on Sunday because uh, I was just yeah. walking in my seat and all of a sudden I hear my name and I'm like, I look over and he's walking over. I'm like, ah, you're in person, you know, finally meeting you in person. And so yeah. we chatted for a second. And then um, so, yeah, it was just he, he said that a lot of the guys on the UTA team were that Gabe knew, not Gabe. Yeah, they're, they're former yeah, teammates. Gabe. They're yeah. former teammates from yeah. Yeah. obviously yeah, they're from Dallas and the UT Arlington. Like they played on like little leagues together and stuff. And I'm like, yes. so definitely going to get chippy, you know, and it's just, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I guess you just feel more comfortable talking, talking smack to your friends, I guess, you know, just kind yeah. of a playful thing. And, and then, the, and then it gets to that situation where mm-hmm. somebody gets a little butthurt about it. It goes know, a little too far. Yeah. And then you poke and all of a sudden, here we go. You know, so it kind of, just kind of snowballs. <laughs> Yeah. Every time. Yeah. I feel every time, man. Or maybe, you know, you you pimp your home run just a little too much and then yeah, people get but goes, hey, man. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. Oh man. So yeah, Jacqueline, uh, I know the obviously I think the the place that we're playing the conference tournament is different, right? Yes, we're in Arizona. We'll be yeah. in Arizona. We're, we are not in uh, Vegas like basketball. So thank right. goodness. Thank goodness. Okay, <laughs> listen, hey, listen, basketball's got like 15 dudes they got to take care of and keep them out of the casinos. I have 
40 guys I got to yeah. keep out of the casino. And believe me, that is a daunting task. <laughs> I don't want any part of that. I don't blame you. That's yeah. a lot of dudes to wrangle. Yes. yes. Yeah. Arizona no, is laid back. It's retirement village. I can handle yeah. kids in a retirement village. There's not a whole <laughs> lot to do. I can handle them. I cannot handle men in Las Vegas, Nevada. I can tell you that right now. Oh, my God. No, it'll be nice. And it'll be nice, like baseball weather, because, I mean, it'll be yeah. hot and not humid and not yes, as hot as yes. Vegas. Exactly. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's a definite different type of heat. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Hundred percent. Like it can get a hundred degrees in 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 that part of the in that part of the country, um, but you won't. It'll be hot as all get out, but the humidity is not there. Yeah, and I feel like yes. that's what makes it worse. It won't be humidity. suffocating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, you're, it kind of evaporates because yeah. it's so hot. Yeah, yeah, because that's kind of how it is in Vegas too. I've been a few times, and you know, it was. I went in July of last year. Yes. Hot as you that 112 degree. Yeah, hot as hot as Hades. I tell you what, yeah. hot yeah. as Hades. But honestly, it didn't feel as hot because of the yeah. low humidity. Thank for God. Sure. For sure. Yeah. 100%. So yeah, talking about I'm I'm again cool little place, Mesa, Arizona. I noticed that it was the uh, uh, preseason home of the Oakland A's, so that's pretty yes. cool. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so that'll be a nice little complex right then. And sure, sure. It, it, it'll be nice, and it, it'll be good for our guys to play on something like that. Yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully we, we get to a point where, you know, um, because in baseball, they don't take every team that you're going to take the top eight. So that's the other thing that, that, that we're going to have to navigate through. And so we have to be better than two of the teams on our side. So mm, OK, so that helps answer another question was how the bracket was going to run. Yeah, um, the bracket is the, the number one and number two get a bye to the second mm, round. So it's okay. a little bit like basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, we're not taking all of the teams. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that is interesting. Cool. Baseball's uh, always done it that way. I don't know why. Uh, yeah. Southland did, Southland did it that way as well. If you finished in the bottom two, you just didn't make the tournament. So it's, you know, kind of tough on those teams. Yeah. That tournament is double elimination, right? Yes, it's double elimination. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's easier to take all the teams for basketball when it's single elimination. But Yeah, no, without a doubt, without a doubt, yeah. without a doubt. And, and, two, from a cost standpoint, I'm sure it's a little bit cheaper, again, taking 15 guys versus taking 40, you know. Right. Oh, yeah. for sure, for sure. And that's another thing, too, like going to Mesa is probably a little bit cheaper yeah, that, that is true. Amount of people, especially if we eat like when like when the retirees eat, and we can have a you know a three o'clock dinner, we can probably get it pretty cheap. A little bluebird special action. <laughs> a blue a plate special, yeah. yeah. There you go. It'd be a little yeah. <laughs> oh my god, totally. I agree. No, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. We'll love. I, man, would love to come out for tournament and I would. I've never been to Arizona, so that'd be kind of cool. Um, come on. So come so my aunt lived in Mesa whenever I was a kid, but it's been a long time since I've been to Mesa. So nice. That's yeah. cool. Well, hopefully uh-huh. we could, you guys can make a trip in May. Yeah, that would be, be nice. That would be nice for sure. I love um, that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, one of the hashtags that you guys have been using for a while yes. is, what is that? Somos? Is that? Somos. Uh-huh. Somos. Okay. So I guess talk about that, explain that, define that. What is that? Yeah, so Somos um, is a uh, Latin culture word that means we are, okay? Um, however, 
it all, it's also an acronym for success over my own success. Mm. And if you read it forwards, it's SOMOS. And if you read it backwards, it's SOMOS. So basically what we say is success over my own success. We are lumberjacks. Any way you read it, it's the same. Wow. I love that. Yeah. I didn't, I had, again, had no idea what it was. And I, I, mean, I always see you guys tweeting it and, and, and hashtagging that. It's like, mm-hmm. obviously it's something important that you guys instill into these students, yes. into these players, you know, right when they first get here. And so sure. I just, that was one of the things I was like, man, I got, we got to ask them about that. Cause sure. Sure. Yeah. It just, you know. just straight out of the box means we are, mm-hmm. you know? And so like, but like I said, it's an acronym for success over my own success. And for whether you read it forwards or backwards, it's always the same. That's really deep, honey. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, my gosh. So I guess to wrap things up, you've been head coach at SFA since 08. I mean, that's 14 years, man. You were here even before that doing um, what was the you were uh, the what was the position that you did before head coach? You were recruiting coordinator. That's it. Recruiting coordinator. I was like, I knew it was like an assistant coach or something like that. Assistant coach, recruiting coordinator. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And so you did that for, I think, what, two years, three years or so? Three years. Three years. Yeah. So you've been here since essentially since 05. Yes. That was my first. My was my first fall here. 05. Oh, my gosh. So that was my first fall at SFA, too. There you go. Well, you were a student, though. That's different, right? (laughs) I know, but I'm just saying. (laughs) Oh, that's you guys got here at the same time, just yeah. doing different things. Um, a little difference in age, though. Just a little bit. Yeah. Minute, minute differences. Oh, well. It's all good. It all washes out in the end. So, man, 14 years head coach, what are you most excited about for this season? I'm really excited about the level of athlete that we have both on and off the field. Um, I think – we made a conscious effort to recruit good people. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think anyone in a program uh, now with, with the way things are and, and, and as crazy as values are in America right now um, to have, you know, individuals who come in and not only compete for you hard on the field, but also make Nacogdoches and SFA a better place to be. I think that's what I'm the most proud of. And I think that's the thing I'm look, looking most forward to is the development of some of these young men into, you know, card carrying lumberjacks. Um, and so for me, I think that, that that's a big thing for me. And, and, and I'm really proud of, of the steps that we've made. I'm really proud of uh, the, the level and the type of athlete that we brought in. My assistants have done a great job of really tracking down good athletes, good kids, um, and so I think that mesh for me, um, I don't think we're going to be have a bunch of superstars, but I think mm-hmm. we're going to have a bunch of guys who are willing to go out and put it all on the line every night that we play. You know, that's something that I feel like Ryan Ivy has really sort of instilling. I mean, I'm sure that's something you guys have been always doing is recruiting like good dudes on and off the field. But I feel like that's also something that Ryan has really instilled as he's come in as the AD is just, you know, focusing on the athlete, the student, like making sure that they're both amazing people on the court, on the field, you know, on the diamond and off excellence in everything you do type of mentality. And I I feel like that's just how he runs the athletic program. And I feel like everybody's bought into it. And I, I just, 
am so thankful for his leadership in that. And it's kind of just, yeah, it's just kind of been spilling over into other areas as well. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, and you at the helm and of course the consistency of you being there for 14 years, you know, and, and being a fantastic coach on and off the field, you know, and really guiding these guys and men, making them go from boys to men, you know, lack of a better term. So I love it. I I will, I I will echo that sentiment and and say that, Mm -hmm. As with anything, it's always from the top down. You know, yeah. you know, if you don't if you don't have the support of your administration when you go to them and say, Hey, I may not recruit the best guys, but I'm gonna recruit guys with good character who are gonna come in and make this place a better place to be. And the guy looks at you and doesn't even blink and says, I love it. That's again, like you said, you echo mm-hmm. those I echo those sentiments in saying that that all starts from the top for sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that's so critical. And then you know what? you help create and mold them into the player that they have the potential to be. And you never know, you could have some surprising, some guys that just because you believe in them so much and you invest so much into them that they, you know, that they work twice as hard both on and off the field. So, which I think is a huge part of it too. So before you run off, I uh, wanted to share a picture that I found of you. Um, Here we go. Okay. Listen, this happens to us all the time, Johnny. So sorry. Let's see what you got. I mean, I think it's a pretty fantastic picture. All right. Let's see what you got. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that guy was pretty good. He was pretty Johnny good. Cardina. There he is. There he is. 1996 Port City Roosters. Yes. We were the Roosters. How about that? Get you some of that. Get you some of that, yeah. I was uh, I was just doing a quick Google search just to see what kind of pictures would pop. I was honestly looking for the background picture that's on here that I have on there right now, and then that popped up, and I was like, "Oh, Johnny!" Yeah, that's so bad, isn't it? It's so 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 good. Are you kidding me? (laughs) That's fantastic, fantastic. And then I found this this absolute gem as well. from the Mariners, and I was very pleasant. I mean, it's hard to see your face. Just it's for some reason it's a darker picture. I don't know why. Um, oh. But oh my gosh, yeah, that's my that rookie one. card. Yeah, yeah that's your rookie card. card. Look at look at you go. Yeah, where'd, yeah. where'd it go? Oh, there it is, right here. Yeah, that yeah, guy, that. man. If I could go back and tell that guy some stuff, man, he might be a little bit better player. Oh, <laughs> he might have taken it a little bit more serious if I, if I could have had just just a little conversation with it. Look at that guy. I love it. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Well, Johnny, again, I know you guys got to go to practice and stuff and yes. continue molding those young minds and players into the, you know, into be everything that they can be. So but we appreciate you meeting with us well, and talking with you guys us and, and chatting and. Thank you all so much. And, and again, I yeah. want to tell you guys how much my kids, my program, my family appreciate the support that you and Jack give to SFA Athletics. I mean, when you have two people who will give their time and passion so freely, um, I am always in awe of what you guys do. And I'm always in awe of the support that you give every program and Believe you me, that is the fuel 
that fuels coaches fire. And that is what allows us to continue to do our job when there are special people like you two who do everything they can to support what we do. And I just want to tell you guys from the bottom of my heart, for me and my family, thank you so much. Oh, Tony. Easy when we have only the best to support, you know? Well, Aww, we love you. It. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you guys. Thank you all so much. Yeah. And Caitlin agrees. Caitlin agrees. Thanks, Caitlin. Oh, sweetheart. Yeah, no, you're the best as well. We love it. We, I miss seeing you at the brewery, but you're in the middle of the season, so I get it. We'll, yeah, we'll be out there soon. I, I, make, I make a pledge to my guys. No one drinks during the season, and that goes for staff included. And so yeah. I told them, if you know, if we win the if we win the conference, then we can all have a beer. But until then, we'll we're just going to yeah. chill out. And, I feel like that that's a great deal. To be yeah. honest with you, I love it. It's all yeah. fair. Everybody's consistent. Everybody's that's on the same it. page. That's I love it. it. Well, again, thank you so much, Johnny. I know you got to go. We appreciate it. Big queso. And <laughs> we cannot wait to come out and watch a game live and in person and come and support the boys. I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all so much. Thank you. Bye, Johnny. Bye. So there you have it, y'all. Johnny. Awesome guest. I mean, what a guy. I love him so much. He is the dude. He really is. And he's so, and he, like you said, he's so sweet. He, you know, he supports us. He supports other sports as well. Just because he's the baseball coach doesn't mean he doesn't support all the other uh, yeah. teams as well. I mean, he's one of the biggest cheerleaders for basketball and football and soccer and, Totally. I've always said that. I, I don't see any other and no slight to any of the other coaches, but he I see him more than any other coach supporting every other athletic pro athletic sport out there. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, he's always there for people. And, you know, I, he's, he's just a good dude. He's just an all around good dude. He's we, funny. Yeah, we are lucky that we've had him for 14 years. As I know when I was looking at his bio, 14 more. Literally. When I was looking up his info in his bio and it said that he had started in 08 or uh, yeah, 08 being the head coach. I was like, I just didn't realize it had been that long. And then I thought back and I was like, but I saw him when I was a sophomore, like I'd go to the games and he was there. So I was like, and I didn't realize it had been that long either, but at the same time it made sense because I don't remember in my mind, any other coach. Me neither. <laughs> it's always been Johnny. It's always been Johnny. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. anyone else. Yeah, when I went there to watch games out in the outfield, in the bed of the trucks and drinking out in the outfield and heckling all the, um, you know, outfielders for the other team. Yeah, that's all I remember is, is Johnny, is, is Johnny at the helm. And so just a great kid, just fantastic. Love him so much. Love him to death. I'm yeah. glad that he was able to come on for a little bit and chat with us. <sighs> Love it. Love it. So anyway, there you have it, folks. Johnny, head coach, men's, not men's, baseball. There's like, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's been a long day. It's been a long day. It has. I know. Hope. Yeah, I think the plan hopefully is to, uh, you know, see if there's some other head coaches that are um, available, you know, because obviously at the moment we're knee deep in the end of base basketball season here. And so um, we were just lucky enough to, our schedules aligned with Johnny to do it now before his season really ramped up. And so um, hoping to maybe get with some more of the head coaches from the other sports and, and talk to them. Cause you know, again, once baseball basketball season's over, you know, there's not much for us to 
really talk about. So trying to get with some of these other head coaches and, and talk with them during either their off season or right before their season starts or right as it's starting before it gets really crazy. So hopefully we'll have more of that. That's some good basketball off season episodes for y'all. That too. Yeah, that too. We haven't done a where are they now episode in a while. So maybe we should do that. Yeah. Talk to some of the, you know, older basketball alums and so we can wrangle up a few. Now, I mean, now that we already got Antonio, maybe we can get Des on. Right. We could hold that over his head and be like, Des, Antonio was on. Now you have to come on. Yeah. Make it a competition. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, man. Well, that's it. That's part of me, Alex, for today, our little afternoon session of our special episode and edition of PMA with Johnny Cardenas. I hope you enjoyed it. We sure did. Um, and again, we're excited to have some more um, non-basketball content during the off season when it's time to have content. You know, sometimes we just, we, we miss you guys. So we need to figure out something to talk about. So yeah. there you go. Um, anyway, so I hope you guys have a wonderful night. Have a good day. I have trivia tonight along with basketball. Oh God, that, the game versus New Mexico State tonight is going to honestly probably do my head in. Like, I'm afraid to even watch it, to be fair. Yeah, we'll see. See how it goes. Fingers crossed. Anyway, all right, guys. Like I said, have a good night. Hope those Jacks can pull out the dub. I hope pull out the upset with their New Mexico, I think at the moment, is like a six-point favorite. So that's not a lot. Not bad. That's not bad. I figured, honestly, it would have been more, to be fair. But, hey, we're on a hot streak. New Mexico's kind of been meh lately. So, crazier things have happened. Maybe it's our moment. It's our time. <laughs> it's our time. All right. Everybody have a really great night. And always remember to Axe and Jacks. With Alex and Jacks. Adios, amigos. Hey. Promo.